0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a parenting podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I am super, super stoked to be joined by my great friends and fellow comrades in the RMG Podcast Network, uh, Mr. Anthony Roberts and Mr. Frank Minicon Jr. How are y'all doing today?
1: You're doing good, man. Frank, Frank, you you a junior? Yes, sir. Man, you're holding out on me, man. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm
0: excited. We've got a really good conversation in store. We're going to talk about some race relations in America. We're going to talk about what implications, what is currently going on in this era of COVID has on us in the immediate future, in the long-term future, and then also what kind of impact it's had on us previously. So we're going to dig into that. Uh, and I'm super stoked. But uh, before we kind of dig into that conversation and take a quick break, Anthony, is there anything you want the the fine listeners of Detox to listen or, or uh, listeners? Wow. Easy for me to say. Listeners of the podcast to know about what you've been up to since the last time you were on the show?
1: Man, I just want them to make sure they listen into uh, season 14. We go back into the studio actually on this Saturday. We've added the guy Frank Minicon he used to be currently on the The Quiet Podcast and we have Casey Polite a sex therapist here in McKinney Texas right here in the DFW so we're going to be dropping our next new episode or the first episode for season 14 on Monday so check out The Reality Is as THA The Reality Is you can listen um, to us on any streaming platform that's Google Play uh itunes spotify we're everywhere follow us on instagram and all social media at the reality is man so just tune in we got a great season coming up joe you're going to be on a part a lot of those because we're going to be talking about race relations like we're going to do today and like i say we just we just want to keep this going man adding frank to the group and i just want people to enjoy what we're putting out there absolutely and frank is there anything you want the
0: listeners to know about since last time you were on the podcast
2: it's been some time. It's been some time. I'm still doing the <laughs> books. He's still got melanin origins going on. And I, as, as Robert Uh, Mr. Roberts Media Group says, I'm down with the podcast now. I'm down with the realities in more of a formal role. So I'm really excited about some of the conversations we're going to have. You know, obviously, have you on the show, have Casey on the show, hear a little bit more from Artesia and, of course, hear from Anthony Roberts. Um, You know, we're having a lot of grown folk conversations. We're going to have a lot of important conversations and a lot of different perspectives shared. So I'm excited about that and excited about just 2020. And although we're in this, This this period of a pandemic. I think it's important for everybody to continue to find opportunities to thrive during these kind of situations, you got to be flexible, you got to be able to adjust in these situations
0: absolutely and uh, that leads me actually into today's sponsor so the sponsor of the podcast is snuffy snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence 10% of profit goes to lgbtq plus organizations led by trans people of color shop online now at snuffy.co that's snuffy s-n-u-f-f-y dot c-o so uh, stick around we'll be right back with anthony and frank here in just a moment man it's uh it's just been crazy i think over this entire time that we've been remote right so since COVID, like the era of covid if you will yeah. and and seeing how and I've, you know we i think we've all kind of had these conversations in different ways to different people but having the conversations of i think being quarantined sheltering in place whatever you want to call it has both It's had this interesting dichotomy where at one point it has allowed people to be more aware of issues that have already been present for years upon years, such as the racial tensions in America, right? Um, And not just America, around the world, but I think you know we're more sensitive because it's happening right here in America. But but also it's it's empowered people to silo themselves more into their own echo chambers which then causes more of these situations to happen. So it's kind of this weird, like ping pong back and forth. And it's, it's, and then you get, you know, the president, if you will, um, saying all of this stuff, trying to call him, I said, if you will, like, I mean, (laughs) you did, you did give us an option. (laughs) 45, 45. Is this a number, man? There you go. There you go. And, you know, I think it's um, what, what, What's crazy to me has been the fact that I don't understand why you would want to support somebody who is intentionally, and let me, let me even preface it this way. Let me say from my background growing up in a very religious household where it was very like peace, prosperity, help everybody, very like goodwill for all kind of a vibe, why you would want to support a leader who is all about division and dividing and us versus them which is the opposite of what your doctrine preaches. That's where like, I get stuck, like right out of the gates is just, how
1: can you support somebody like that? You know what though, when I, when I think about it in a stance from a perspective of like a white Christian, of course, I'm not white nor am I Christian, but it's like they justified by using those verses in the Bible. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Frank, where they talk about beast and under your, you know, your master and stuff like that. They'll try, they'll pick and choose who gets what role. And I think that kind of helps satisfy their conscience. Not being funny, on ESPN First Take this morning, Max Kellerman, they were speaking about um, Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. And they were talking about him, and, and he was saying, I don't think, because, you know, I don't know if you heard the statements that Kirk Cousins made about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and how he was just saying he would, he, you know, he was like, I'm not worried about it. You know, if I catch it, I catch it. If I die, I die, I'm okay. And they asked Max Kellerman what he thought about it, and he said, Kirk Cousins is not a smart guy. And he said, not only is he not a smart guy, he said he's one of those people that everybody knows, Kirk Cousins, he's a devout Christian. He speaks about it. He wears his ring. He he speaks about his faith. And he was speaking about how a lot of people don't make assumptions or decisions based on their own mental intellect. They make their decisions off religion. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of these people who hate or whatever, if you taught this person to hate and you tied it to a religion that these people are, you know, are a devout Christian or devoted to, I mean, of course they're gonna go along with that stuff. You got black people that you can't even change their mindset right now about to think something different outside of Christianity, Jesus and God.
2: Right, right. And and the problem is when, when we have the religious conversation for, for black people is that, you know, that's always been used as a tool. You know what I mean? It's always been used as a tool to, um, to meet not necessarily enslave the minds of the followers, but also manipulate. That, like, if you talk about like Christianity, and you talk about um, what happened during the slave days and everything else, you know what they used to say? They'll, they'll try to get you with the Bible. If that don't work, they get you with the gun. They just use yeah. religion as a tool. Religion has 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 slaughtered many many countries, you know, citizens, and has been used as a reason why um, you know certain groups are um, marginalized you know like so so with that i'm sorry i can't i can't accept the religion thing right now
0: yeah no and 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 to that kind of to that point and just kind of detouring just a smidge i saw something yesterday even that somebody had shared where they had said they were their pastor was quoted in a religious institution talking about why he was voting, um, red, you know, so to speak voting for 45. And because he, his only issue was he was pro quote unquote pro life, meaning anti abortions. And he went on and on and said, you know, this is why I'm voting this way, this is what the Bible says, this is my interpretation of the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, but the best part is, in 2017, abortions have been at the all-time record low. And I go, let's back that up and look at when the Affordable Care Act was implemented and how widespread contraceptives were now made available to so many people And that's why you have these abortion rates down, because people are actually getting the help and the care that they want to have. So they're able to make informed decisions about reducing pregnancies, which then as a byproduct reduces abortions. But no, let's not talk about that. Let's just massage the data to back up what we want. And you see that you see people massaging the data with all kinds of
1: facts and figures as well. I don't even fall into that stuff no more. Like when I think about things, you know, a lot of times people do. Want to tell you, hey, the statistics are this and that. This is my whole thing. Statistics can be manipulated. And let's be honest, Always. ain't no black people or it's no black company that I'm aware of, data entry or data analytic company, that's over creating narratives that are over the census. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. We can't, they can manipulate these numbers all they want without giving the backstory to how they got these numbers or how they came up with these numbers. And a lot of people just eat those numbers. But when you're some, it's, it's kind of like they, when they talk about black men and say, you know, the certain amount of black men that are in jail or incarcerated or, you know, baby daddies or don't have jobs like it's, I'm not saying that that's not true, but I'm gonna tell you in my life, it's not true. Like, I know a bunch of Franks. I know a bunch of guys that are better than me at what I'm doing. I know a bunch of guys that are making more money, taking care of a family, being faithful to girlfriends, you know, whatever the case may be. A bunch of good gay guys that I know, like the narrative (laughs) that is painted by us so much so is not the truth, Right, it is not the truth. And, it's, and that's the
2: thing, you know, when you talk about this idea of cooking the books, right? You know, like to me, when people use data, rarely are they telling the full story. You know what I mean? So um, that's the problem that I have with, with, I'm not saying that that data doesn't tell a story, but I'm just saying what is, what is the entire story? Because all you want to do is talk about the, the number of people that are incarcerated or the number of people like, just like this black on black crime that okay, they always no want to bring up.
1: And when they bring that up, you know how when they show those statistics on TV or they'll do a test, they'll say, test it on 1500 people. Or if you read a book, it'll say on 2,500 people. That is a small number to the amount of people. You know what I'm saying? So when exactly. you say 78% of black men or whatever, or black women or this or white men or this, and that says 2,500 people were the ones who did this, you know, this test or this what experiment, like that does not speak for them. That's saying 78% of those idiots that you just had in that room of 2,500, that's what they decided to do. Yeah, 78% of the people that you talked to. That you talked to. Don't represent that's the entire, and popular, and possibly manipulated the information that you gave to them to think the way they thought. I mean, that's just
0: that's family feud statistics, right? Survey exactly. says out of a hundred <laughs> people, <laughs> and I'm like, what?
2: Who said like how many people said that? Uh, yeah, bro. Really? Yeah, but that 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 black on black crime, like you net you never see these terms are what really bother me because you never hear white on white crime, although it exists. You never hear Asian on Asian crime or Hispanic on Hispanic crime, even though it exists. And the question is why do we hear black on black crime all the time?
1: Because we don't control the narrative. I sat down with a police friend the other day. I sat down with a police friend the other day and he's been in the force for like maybe six months. He's, He's new to this. And I was like, what made you want to do this? I mean, he cut his dreads and everything. And he was like, man, I got laid out from my job. He was like, I was seeing all these killings of black men. And he was like, I honestly wanted to do something about it. And then his best friend is an attorney. So it's kind of like, they both felt like, hey, we want to change the system. We want to change mm-hmm. and level the playing field. Even if it's just one person and we, you know, encourage somebody else to do it. Not being funny. And, and we need to have black people in certain places to so where we could use some goddamn nepotism. Because you of know course. what? We should use that shit because it's been used against us for 400 plus years. On top of that, I said, bro, that is a great reason to join because you wanted to change narrative and you wanted to help your people and be able to stand in and be that person that says, Hey, I'm not going to let you pull another George Floyd or a Tamir Rice or whatever the case may be. But like right. I got told him, I said, it's the same reason that I fell in love with media and podcasting. And that's why I keep trying to build it up and make it grow is because we get to control the narrative. We're sitting here in this moment with no hate towards this white guy, Joe on this podcast for what other white people have done, because you know what, it's okay to not like a particular person or, or a group of people if you have reason. We have reason not to like white people. We shouldn't be talking to Joe right now if Joe was whatever. But that ain't how we move. We it's know that move. all white people are not this just like he knows all black people are not whatever, but I got in the media because I wanted to change that narrative. You do books, Frank, because you want to make sure that the narrative of black people and black children, you you they see themselves early as more than doctors, lawyers, and you can mm-hmm. see what all we've discovered starting with the children. Exactly. I mean,
0: you you don't, this is what, you know, being a dad, this is what, and Frank, I know you can relate to this as well, is that you can see in the kids that the, and I know specifically in my kids, like the racism and does not, they don't come out the womb like, all right, whew, I hate all these people that don't look like me. You know, like, No, that's taught. And I'm already, fi- I'm already finding situations where I need to, you know, my kids are asking questions like, um, you know, uh, what is what is melanin? We were reading a book, a big book of why, like what is melanin? We talked about how melanin, you know, is what is produced from the skin so that way it can protect you from the sun and people who come from areas that are more sunny have more melanin. And I said our ancestors came from places that have less sun, so we have less melanin and that made sense to her. And it wasn't like uh, ooh black versus white. It was just like, oh more melanin, less melanin. That makes sense to me. Now I understand why people are different shades of colors. Totally makes sense. And there's no bias, it's just facts. And then we can, you know, and that's enough for now. And then as we get older, we can talk about the racial, the systemic racism within the country and, and how we've built these, these systems that keep people down. And one of the things that I really loved, Anthony, I think you shared this on your Instagram a while ago. It's resonated with me enough that I have brought it up multiple times on different podcasts where, and I mis, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was said something to the effect of, um, black men hold down black women. No, white women hold down black men, black men hold down black women, and so on and down the line. And it said, we're never going to get ahead because we're trying to get to the white man's system that he's established for himself at the top. We're trying to copy what already exists. And what we need to do is make our own lane and make our own system, which doesn't look the same. And then we won't be comparing and we won't be the token person in the system and et cetera, et cetera. And it resonated with me because... That's what we need to, that's what like society needs to do is break down these systems because you're, you are comparing yourself to what has come before and the corporate boardrooms and Silicon Valley. And a lot of these areas that are predominantly white, cisgender, straight men that are just like writing the narrative. And it's not that they're not good, but it's just that they've created a system where they are the only perspective that thrives.
2: And that's just, the problem. That's the problem is that I don't think enough people, you know, when really we would talk about racism, like anytime I'm having a conversation with someone about racism and they their limited understanding of it is because this person doesn't like this person. I'm like, listen, we're way beyond that. Like I need to have a conversation with you about power and about systems creation and about marginalization of certain groups. Like if you don't understand the, the the power component of racism we probably can't have a conversation right now until you educate yourself a little bit more so that yeah. you can understand these systems and why they were implemented in the first place
1: but it doesn't bother anybody man i was talking to a homegirl in canada the other day and she's white and um you know she's like i've been seeing what's going on in america that's just crazy and i'm like yeah it's crazy man i was like i don't even be to be on social media sometimes because i just get tired of seeing it and it's exhausting like i said when joe first came to me about doing this i was like bro honestly i'm exhausted like I was like, I really can't talk about this shit. And I never want to talk. Yeah. And then I don't want to talk from anger to where I'm like, kill all white people. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you just like, yo, the only way to combat this shit is by doing the shit that they do to us. You know what I'm saying? And and it sucks to say that. But another reason I like having these conversations, is because for me, I'm a risk at all and tell you what I feel like some black people feel. I feel like a lot of times we're sugarcoating like how we feel about these situations. And when you see stuff like this continue to happen, let's be honest, what else can we do to make these motherfuckers stop doing it outside of threatening and pressing their motherfucking neck? Like if you start seeing on the news that like black, white folks coming up missing, white kids coming up missing, they getting shot down in the street, they getting shot at gas stations, we hanging there, we shooting, we we pulling the Marr style killings on their kids and you know white folks love to run we can go out to any park and just round up these motherfuckers if we wanted to that's the crazy thing that they think that we are going to do because that's what they have done and that's what they would do but like cat Williams said we're better people than that now if i'm being honest some days i wake up on a good sunday and i'm like we should do what they did we should we should make every fucking nightmare come true for the motherfuckers who feel that way because other than that it's like well how do you rid yourself of this ugly shit bro you got to fight evil with evil or what I, I that's what i heard i think it was on uh, lovecraft the dude said how do you fight evil he said you have to be meaner than evil to combat mm-hmm. evil and it's the truth
2: right and, and that's the i think that what you said is really profound and i think that um, like if i'm having conversations which i'm during this this environment that we're in what's different about this time is that i'm having more conversation with with my european american counterparts um is that We believe honestly that the fear of the European American is that at some point black people are going to do the same thing to them. If we ever come into power, if we ever come into some type of unity that we are going to revolt and do the same thing to them that they've done to us. Like, can you, can you imagine, can you imagine, I mean, I know, you know, history, Joe, can you imagine some of the things like the way the world would look if black folks start doing some of the things that white folks have done to us for generations.
1: I, you know what I'm saying? Bro, Hanging people,
2: cutting nuts off. You know what I'm saying? Hanging kids, beating kids to yeah. death, bludgingly. You know what I'm saying? Feeding kids um, to
1: alligators. Like, like all I said, kind of if, shit. If, if, you're not watch, if you're not watching Jordan Peele's Lovecraft Country, I'm telling you, you have to watch it. It's a book out about it. It was written, I think, in like the maybe the 50s or 60s by jh lovecraft i think is his name but i'm telling you bro like they even talk about it like the last episode they they um it was the spirit of a doctor and it was a doctor he was hunted by the other spirits of black people who he had taken and they said in the bottom of the basement of the house they found eight bodies and it looked like a monster had tore them apart but when you saw the spirits of those eight bodies it was like a basketball player he had a baby head on his shoulders Uh, you know basically that that doctor had basically manipulated these people's body and tested out these different parts on them just like if you read these books that talk about um willie lynch and them how they used to castrate us and keep our dicks in a jar or do all of this shit like bro it's teeth and everything everything to make it like a make it like a necklace yeah and doing shit Mm -hmm. like that it's crazy bro how white people have done this shit and they hide the truth because if they know if if these white people with a conscience these days they would be disgusted with their ancestors if they knew the shit that was done bro Right. And that's and that's one of the things that we employ our counterparts is just like
2: you. I know I already know that you understand the history. But when I start having conversations with white people who um, in 2020 feel like, oh, my God, I didn't know all this was happening. It's like, crazy. listen, I need, I need you to understand the history of your people, like literally understand the history and the intention of your people and the reasons why they behave the way they behave. So Anthony, what I'll say to your point is this, at this point, we're not gonna go out there and just murder all these white people, right? Yeah. Because the, 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 the two ways you can get motherfucking white people's attention is that you threaten their lives and you threaten their money. Their money, money. yes. We, we're not gonna go out there and kill a whole bunch of white people, nor do I um, advocate for that. Or condone or it, no. Right, right, but but what I do say is that listen, what we can do is economically, yes, we can come together and we can make uh, an impact, and we need to do that
1: shit. But bro, you, I think we both know how difficult. Let's let's be let's be no honest. doubt, no doubt. It's, it, it's like I like I told this white guy the other day. I said your forefathers, the plan that they put together and implemented for Black people to be where they are, that shit's still working till this it's day. A magnificent plan, Ben Carson. Is still alive and well to this day. And it's a lot of people like them. I tell people all the time, people may not like to, to, to hear it. It's a different type of black. It's several different types of black. Let's just be real with it. Mm-hmm. You got the niggas who want to be white people because they just feel like that's, I've heard niggas say white people are what I've seen as the epitome of success. That's what they look at it as. Mm-hmm. Bro, you're lost. We, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm even far past the point of saying, hey, let's get all these black people together and financially break us out. That's not my job. That's not your job. You can change the people that are willing to change. Like, if I come in or you brought this idea to me, you know that I would try to help you implement this. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm not going to go just pick another black guy because he's black if I know Joe can do this goddamn job better than this black man. Because you know me, when I started my business, I tried all black everything. And it struggled because it makes you honestly, it's kind of like it's an ignorant way of thinking because you're not learning and your mind is not expanding if you don't have other people around other genders of people around or transgender people around it's perspective you know what i'm saying it's just like if i'm looking for something on my desk right now and it's cluttered and joe comes in with a different set of eyes and points it out because i didn't even see it right i need joe you
0: know you have a good point about getting someone that can do the job. There was, um I had a conversation, there's a documentary on Netflix called disclosure and it's about transgender representation in media. And I, I talked to Sam Fader who directed the documentary and he talked about the way they structured their team because they were continually told uh, that there are no transgender actors or actresses or crew people, lighting people, camera people, whatever. And he said, well, that's just fundamentally untrue. But to solve for that, they staffed every single position with someone who was transgender. Or if they couldn't, they hired somebody that could do the job and they assigned someone that was like an intern or a younger person that could learn the skills of the trade from them. And then the person who was skilled could learn from the transgender person, their perspective. And I think that's how you need to have these programs for different groups. Like if you have a, a, like a, like a, like if Roberts Media Group, let's just take this, Roberts Media Group becomes this empire, right? And you have primarily uh, black people or black different people of color in these positions because they're amazing at it, but you have someone like me or someone else that does a different job better, then you've got me assigned to an intern or somebody that can educate me on their perspectives, but I can educate them on the skills. So we're learning from each other and then we're growing. And then that person now is skilled for the job. So you can't come out and say, well, you don't have any skills because they do, but now I'm a better person because I've learned their perspective and I can now share that with more of people that
1: look like me. That's just like if I go somewhere and I'm shooting a video, I don't know how to cast a light on white people. I need somebody to say, hey, how does this light look? I also don't know what a transgender person wants to look like. So I need to have an, uh, uh, an assistant or uh, um, whatever I'm trying to say, you know, somebody on staff that knows how to do that. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's the important thing of the collaboration aspect of what we're talking about. And we obviously embody that, um, but we also understand that it's a challenge because um i think honestly it's it's obviously a challenge for white people because exactly what you just explained joe is exactly what happens in a white community and they have no interest in uh mentoring or or guiding anybody other than their own people and this is the thing i've had conversations with some of my my colleagues who have who live out there in alito and speak to some of these you know high level business owners and stuff like that and you know like His thing is, you know, Frank, you don't even understand really how far and unaware these people are of the issues. All they're focused on is the shit that they've been taught for generations and making sure that the next generation does the same thing to keep the legacy going. They're not worried about anything that ain't got nothing to do with them. They understand that the system's been been in place to benefit them, and they're running with that shit. You know what I'm saying? They don't have any interest in fixing or addressing that issue. They don't see it as a problem.
1: Because it's not broken for them. No, it's not.
2: Not at all. It's It's not not broken broken for them them at all. So why would
1: you change something that, not being funny, if this country is built off capitalism, which it is, it's not even a good business module to break up something that has you consistently forever and eternity in the lead. In the lead. Why would they fucking break down the structure and say, yes, black man and Asian man and Mexican man, you too can have a piece of the stolen pie
2: right right and that's the thing so so how do we get to that point like i was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day and we were talking about it like honestly if 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 we are, if we're going to look at the government and just let's say let's take the government serious just for this conversation if you are a person who is serious about some kind of change th- the first thing you're going to do when you get in office is say yo let's let's look at this constitution this is the fucking foundation yeah. of all of this yes. let's look at this constitution that was written centuries ago that applied to this group of people and did not include us, but this thing is, is still the, the document that this, this country was founded on.
1: Look at what, this. And nobody is challenging that shit? Look at this, too. Look how long they kept us out of colleges. I forgot that case down there in Austin, bro, when a white girl got mad about not being able to get into like a HBCU. Or, no, no, I think it was a white girl that was not in Austin, but she uh, wrote a letter against one of the HBCUs because she could not pledge or get into the school. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That shit got changed within three years. You see what I'm saying? Something that had never been done. You know what I'm saying? But it was at a black university. It took us, I don't know how many years to be Mm. in. We created HBCUs because we weren't fucking- Because we couldn't couldn't go to universities. But that's the thing, bro, like I said, it's not even a good business move with this company, this country being built off capitalism to let anybody get a piece of the pie. If I got $500 million and they say, hey, you got to split this shit six ways, who wants to do that? No I mean, it's that that fucking simple, bro. Like when people think about this, that's why I tell people all the time, I understand people saying vote and do whatever and whatever, if you I I get it. But when you vote, you get it. I mean, it'll change for a little bit, but as long as the infrastructure of this country stands, this shit is gonna happen every 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And That's why some foundation? Black people be like, fuck it. I'm going to get mine. Fuck everything else. That's why so many Black people do that, because they don't see the change. Right.
2: And they don't see, they can't foresee the change. Like, we look at situations no. like, um, you know, like you would think, just because we're so symbolic about this thing, especially with the government and everything else, you would think, oh, Barack Obama about to be president, all this shit about to change for Black folks. No. Groups. No. <laughs> not
1: really. No. I mean, you know, not being fun- yeah. He would be a shit president if he came in only focusing on Black people, though. Well, but see... Okay, but 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 honestly, let, let's look at forty-five. What the fuck is he doing? I mean, you're right. It would be fair <laughs> for him to do that. But then this is what happens, bro. If we do what every, if we do what white people do for our people, we become the motherfucking people we, we that we fucking hate.
2: Bro, and I'm gonna and be honest why... with you right
1: now. No offense to Joe, I would never want to be white. For the history, I know everything that our ancestors have been through, but I know, like, like you know everything our ancestors have been through. And that little, and it's ash like, the slavery part of it is an asterisk in our history, bro. Right, they right. just tell it's that shit to keep us, exactly, they just tell that shit to keep us suppressed. But I would rather literally continue on with my ancestry and my lineage than to be white, bro. I'm telling you right, right now. If I was a white person, I would not be proud of my ancestry and my history. I would be proud of the family like Joe's father, his mother, and his, right. the people he knows. But the right. shit that was done, fuck no. You know,
0: and I'm I, i, I I'm pretty sure I heard Frank say this uh, one of the times I recorded with him a while ago. And it was the fact that you've got history in school starting like when you're fo- when they are focusing on black people it's starting at a slavery point in time because if you can subconsciously weaken a group of people and kids minds from chapter one quote unquote one then you're now building the narrative that they were weak and now they're finally coming up so it's really okay like look at what lincoln did look at what you know they got in the 60s look at there was a black president like they're fine they're fine like you know i'm paraphrasing but i know what you mean but if you if you show the full history and this is the same reason that they're not showing like Native American history and talking about the Trail of Tears in great depth and talking about how land was stripped away and, you know, now they're bringing people, black people over from the Caribbean or from Africa so that way they can have somebody work the lands. We're not starting, you know, we're not starting before that. We're not starting when people were kings and queens and leading their tribes and their countries because that, because then we're the villains of the story. Exactly. And we're, exactly. The, we're, we're the heroes. We're the quote-unquote white saviors, you know, so it's like, no, we can't start from that
1: part let's just pretend it doesn't exist but think about that think about how that would shock white kids though if you really rewrote these history books like if you said hey christopher columbus came over and he poisoned motherfuckers acted like he was their friend and and this is the thing about it bro i keep telling people if you've never seen deadwood on hbo watch it the equivalency to what they did when they when they um gave them the trail of tears by giving them smallpox and everything bro they knew that the Indians didn't speak their language. If you watch Deadwood, when they're talking to the Indians, bro, the Indians don't even really understand nothing. It was a part where he said they were cutting themselves, like Christopher Columbus, if you read any of his journals, that he even talked about how they were so ignorant because he was like, they were cutting themselves with the blade. They didn't know, like they didn't know no better. You know what I'm saying? So think if if you're talking to a fucking foreigner, or a kid let's just say a kid from like Africa and I cut my hand and I smile like it's okay and then I shake his hand and I say hey do we have a blood tie that I can take your land and you can get this blanket he may shake his head because you're shaking your head back then they were trying to understand who they were fucking talking to they would mimic right. each other so literally they knew that shit bro and they still came in and slaughtered them motherfuckers bro like them it, people, Christopher Columbus and them were some vicious motherfuckers bro
2: Oh, they, but they, but they, you know, that's the whole government. It's just, it's all gangster. It's all gangster, the whole thing. But it's not only that, um, but think about it like this. I remember when I went to, um, when I went to Arizona and I was out there in the Navajo tribe, like just really just learning about what was taking place, man. Like, so you think about everything that was happening on the, um, you know, the East Coast of the country with the, with the, with the colonies and all the, yeah. the, the treaties and all the shit that was happening in, 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 a, in a new established government.
1: In German do, you time think, there. Right,
2: do you think, but do you think the motherfuckers out there in, in Arizona, them Navajo folks knew anything about what was happening over nothing, there? Bro. They didn't know nothing about it. Nothing. You know, so how you gonna sign a peace treaty? Think about this. How you gonna sign a peace treaty with a person who doesn't speak your language? Yeah. You know what the hell you're doing? Made them oh, sign, sign your papers,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Sign right here. You know, you, you don't know what you, they don't know what. So, 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 so the whole thing was was all about coercion. It was all about, um, you know, I don't want to just say gangsterism because that's that's kind of a primitive term. But, um, but it was very calculated. These motherfuckers are some calculated, manipulating type of people, yeah. and they put this system in place. And 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 our whole history is is by that for real. They, we just they don't talk the, about they,
1: it. They are the reason on at the end of every contract it says read the fine print. <laughs> I mean, and and truthfully,
0: the the those contracts that were put into place, that's what you see in the justice yes. system now.
1: Exactly. You got exactly. these plea
0: deals like sign here. Well, they sign. That's on them. It's like okay, are we really going to look at the quote? You know, the I keep doing quote unquote. But you know, these choices
1: that you're given, folks, Can it's ludicrous. And those things that they signed 1800 and 1863 with the Indians and shit is still today. That's why they got reservations like the treaty that they signed all those years ago when they lied to the motherfuckers, even though we know right now they are still lying and the government should give them all that land. Again, watch Yellowstone. Great TV show. With Kevin Costner, talks about something just like this. He's on a hundred acres of land, and the Indians are trying to get that shit back, and he's fighting for it because his dad gave it to him. But like they the Navajo, but like the Let Navajo see. man, but like the Navajo man said, it was our land before your dad stole it from my people. Exactly.
2: They, they, you know, they have a whole different mindset of. They, their thing is, you can't own land. God, no. this is God's land. This is God's we, land. We inhabit it. You know what I'm saying? So you can't. You can't buy it from me. I can't sell it to you now. Granted, like one of the things that I learned um, after being out there was that you know, they they saw what was happening and they got smart. They said, you know what, we're going to send some of our people through this, through this, your criminal justice system, yeah. become lawyers and they sued them motherfuckers and got, I'm talking about land for, for I mean, that just spans across different states, all yeah. the land that they got out there that is all theirs, yeah. you know, but but they do have to make, because they got to live, right, so they have to make these deals with the government to where the government, you know, owns the roads, so they pave the roads through there, or they allow people the only the Navajos can take people through the, um you know, the Antelope Canyons and stuff like that so they can generate some funds for themselves but they got a lot of that land out there that they sued the government and got back you know how much of that information do we know but you know what why can't we do
1: that same shit but if you also look into really looking in Native Americans, man, they're struggling on those reservations because they don't oh, get government assistance, bro. Because if you're going to take this land, then the government is not going to help you. That's all so you. They literally out there dying on their reservations because mm-hmm. these poo-butt motherfuckers will not help them because they will not give them that land. That's why I say people think that when, when some people are so ignorant to think that this shit's not going on, I'm like, bro, it w- you think Indians want a reservation locked off somewhere by themselves? They want to own that it. shit. <laughs> they want to own, yeah, but they want to own that shit and make it flourish the way Dallas is flourishing. They want to mm-hmm. have their own city of the shit they want it to be. If they want a whole bunch of land and huts, that's what they want. And they should have their right to do so because that's their ancestry and their heritage, bro. But we take it, American have taken that from them, bro. Mm-hmm. And even with black folks, I feel like a lot of times we get lost in our fight because nobody else really fights for us. But it's so many other races that are fighting the same fucking fight. And the enemy is always the white man and the government.
0: You know, and it's it was interesting to me, the point that you brought up earlier, Anthony, where you talked about, you know, why white people are scared of things changing because they're worried that the same things that their ancestors did to black people, right, are going to be done to them. And it makes me think about how. You know, the people that are, if we're breaking it down into relationship terms, the people that are always accusing the other person they're in a relationship with of cheating is someone who is either has cheated, is thought about cheating, has previously cheated. You know, they're the ones that are typically like, oh, I bet they're cheating or I bet you're cheating and very accusatory and just assuming they're going to be cheated on when in reality it's because they are speaking from a place of insecurity and are like, well, I did it. So clearly everybody must do this.
1: But be- yeah. before we get out of here, because I know, I know, Frank, I know you got to we got You got to take care of some stuff. And I know we put a nine o'clock clip on it. But I, I really wanted to talk about the importance of having these conversations, because first of all, I want to say salute to, to Joe, because, bro, you always sit here and just listen. You don't you don't try to combat. You don't try to play devil's advocate for your people. Like, and and I think the reason you don't do that is because for one, you're educated to an extent on some of the things that we're talking about to where it's like, you're not just so defensive because you've read this shit for yourself. And I know you, when you get ready to interview somebody and when you get ready to have a conversation with someone you always do your goddamn research. And that's why people like you are important. That's why I wanted to do this, because I want you to be able to take this to your platform. And all the people who listen to your show, white people, don't be afraid. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a killer. But what I want people to understand is that we need y'all to understand the truth. You know what I'm saying? Blue lives matter. It's no such thing as a blue lie. We all bleed the same goddamn blood. We just want everybody's lives to matter. We know our lives matter, but we need to focus on the ones that don't seemingly matter right now. But I just I just think it's important for me and Frank to be on platforms and Joe to be on platforms cross promoting what this message is really all about. And really, all we want is peace. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. I I want I want the basketball players and everybody else to stop begging and asking white folks for shit. All we want and all we need is peace and an equal playing ground. And by God, honestly, you're already seeing if you don't give it to us, we're going to fucking take this shit at some point.
2: Yeah, at some point. And and that's the thing, like, you know, if we're going to wrap up and we're talking about, you know, obviously, Black Lives Matter is a a buzzword right now. And and people say, well, you know, oh, that's that's the thing. Like, um, when we have conversations about Black Lives Matter, the next response from usually white people is, oh, wait, all lives matter. Indeed, all lives matter. But again, it's like to me, it's like if we if we have four houses on the block and my black house is on fire and yours is not. If you don't help me put my black house out, because my black house is burning, so my black house matters right now, because if you don't put this fire out, this whole neighborhood going to burn. And that's what's going to happen. You know, so we need to understand, like, wherever the the urgency is, which right now is obviously people of color, especially men of color being murdered by police, this whole system is looking like um, an extermination project for black people. That's what it's looking like. You know, so um, I do appreciate you as well, Joe, for listening and never trying to defend or anything like that, because again, that's the other problem that we have in the situation. when We're talking about what happens with police officers. Can I get one police officer to just say, you know what, that's not part of our training and that police officer acted inappropriately. Can I get one person to say that? You ain't gotta back every, you you, all of y'all ain't gotta back y'all people up when something like this happens, it's because wild. what message are you sending to us? If you are defending what that man did, putting seven bullets in that man's back with his three kids in the back of the car, come on now. And you know what? Let's call it what it is.
1: And that's why black people amongst ourselves try to stop cancel culture because black people will hold our own feet to the flame and we'll cancel our own people but nobody else is canceling their own people like mm-hmm. some people do need to be a part of cancel culture but we don't have the luxury of just canceling black people like that bro because we don't have a lot of them in leadership so when you start mm-hmm. talking about canceling people you got to be you got to be careful at throwing those stones at them people because sometimes we need what we can get in those areas and maybe help them let them get some help some therapy or whatever but do not fucking cancel them because mm-hmm. if that black person loses that spot. If LeBron fail as a king in the NBA, bro, it's going to be hard for them to let another face of that, go, you know, another face like that getting there. It's hard. So we got to be leery about who we canceling when nobody, when no other race is canceling people. No doubt. Exactly. So I appreciate
2: the time, Joe. I appreciate the invite. It's a good conversation and we should Thank have you. more of this.
0: Absolutely. And I just wanted to end with make sure and everybody just get out and vote because the one thing that I will say that will continually push this momentum backwards is another four years of 45. I mean, you've, you've got him quoting conspiracy theorists. You've got him telling people to vote twice in North Carolina. You've got him only appealing to one subsection of a subsection of people. And you've got him jokingly talking about 12 years in office. Well, this guy has scooped up so much power by bullying and his tactics in four years. You don't want to see what happens after another
1: four years. Nah, so this nigga is straight no up out doubt. of the comic book, man. He is. Yeah. he is and like a real life Kramer.
2: He <laughs> is, and and the thing that makes me sad, you know, in this country is that, you know, like we actually we, and I say we because yeah. I live here. I'm a, we elected them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: We it's kind of like it's kind of
1: like how bad can you talk about the country? It's kind of like talking about your girlfriend to somebody else and somebody else being like, "Nigga, you picked them." You she know the what happens. I'm saying? You picked the <laughs> motherfucker, so how are you talking about it? Right. We, I mean, we, we put a reality, a reality show, you know, superstar
2: and uh, uh, as our commander in chief. We can't you know, do and, it, bro. And that we, that to me
1: speaks to the biggest problem. You're not gonna let the manager at KFC run Fidelity. <laughs> he has no, like that's above his pay grade. The presidency is above Donald Trump's pay grade. And what people don't understand, he really is a clown. They pulling his strings too. Just like people got to pull Obama strings, they pulling Trump strings too you people think trump got power he man look at here that's why he whittling away into his sleeve coats like he just whittling away if you look at his hand he look like a wizard bro he just dwindling <laughs> i mean obama's hair turned hella gray right this and this nigga's whittling it away bro man we can't
2: do another four years man
1: can't do another four years we got to get him out man we do appreciate you joe for this time man that's right i, I appreciate sir, you yes, sir.
2: can't All wait till right. we, get back, we get back in the studio man yes
0: absolutely absolutely If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's v-o-k-a-l-now.com.